Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to the Inside the Oval podcast presented by Dignity Health. I am Patty Kwan. And I'm Haley Jones. And today we are joined by our director of social media, Johnny Volk. He was on episode eight of the podcast. Our senior social media producer, Nigel McWilliams. He was episode 25. And our newcomer making her Inside the Oval debut, our very own social media coordinator, Kiana Harado. Guys, thanks for joining the podcast. Yeah. Excited. I'm excited. Honored to be here. here. Yeah. Again, part two. Yeah, long-time listener, second-time caller. <laughs> what are the questions you guys get asked most frequently when some when someone finds out that you work in social media for the 49ers? How can I get on social? Uh, that'd be, like, the number one question for me, like, especially, like, running around game day with my phone, kind of filming people, like, hey, how can I get on social? Where is this going? So that's kind of the question I get a lot. You should, like, walk around with, uh, like, the handles or, like, a QR code that's, like, here, scan this, and then you're now following Twitter. It actually wouldn't be a bad idea, like, to get, like, a shirt with, like, the QR code on the say just... I would say that and, like, which platform? What platforms does this go to? I think a lot of people are surprised it's a full-time job, and they'll say, like, what do you do in the off-season? And don't realize there's all behind-the-scenes work, too, so I think... Telling people, hey, we do more than just work game days, right? Um, we do podcasts. We do partnered content, community events. So I think showing that it's more than just game days is a huge part of it. I think the oddly the question I get the most is typically from people who might not follow us already or they're not really sure what like an NFL social team does because they go, so do you get to meet the players? And I'm like, that's actually a really big part of my job. Like it'd be really hard to be in social and not have a relationship with them. So I actually get a very seemingly basic question of, do you get to meet the players? Which I think is funny from like a fan perspective. Like it's it's cool to meet the players, but I think when you've been in it this long, it's like, this is very much a fundamental part of my job. I'm surprised none of you said something around the lines of, so are we cutting this player or who are we signing? The social admins have no say in personnel decisions, and I will die on that hill. Yeah, I mean, I was at Trader Joe's when we traded for McCaffrey. I'm just, like, grabbing orange chicken out of the freezer section, <laughs> and my phone's blown up. We had no idea. It's like, you just react to it, and here's the news. Yeah, so we find out what the rest of the world, really. That's actually a funny story uh, that we can get into is 
and I think we went into this with Noah for his episode, just where you were when the Christian McCaffrey news broke. We heard from Johnny. He was at Trader Joe's grabbing orange chicken from the frozen aisle, which I highly recommend. It's like five bucks. So good. 20 minutes. So good. Easy meal. Yep. Yeah. Highly recommend. Okay. Me and Haley were at Nordstrom. I don't even know what we were shopping for, but we were like, no clue. We we're just roaming around Nordstrom and I get the bleacher notification. We're like, oh my gosh, like Christian McCaffrey. Um, where were you two? Where were you, Nigel and Kiana? <laughs> I, I was... think I was just leaving, uh, getting home. And when I finally set my phone down, I kind of realized, like, oh, we're getting Christian McCaffrey. But I was just coming from the stadium headed home, so. I was sick, and I took NyQuil. <laughs> and my phone kept buzzing in bed, and I was like, oh, no, something's happening. And I opened my phone, and it was we got Christian, and I was like, oh, shoot, got to get up. Fight the fight the sleep. That's always one of my favorite stories. Along those lines, what post are you most proud of since joining the 49er social team? I'll go. CMC arrival video. That was like the most like I I I really put my heart into it just because like it's CMC, like he, we've we've seen what he can do on the football field. Amazing athlete. And just seeing how everything unfolded from Texting Noah and then, like, kind of hearing, like, where he was when he found out and then coming back into the office and then, boom, like, having to turn around, like, a video that fast with a lot of heavy editing, too, uh, was just really exciting for me last year. Like, I really I really felt like I felt the ball rolling a lot more then. So uh, that was that was my favorite so far, so. I mean, it's not a work of art, but it was the first one that got a million views. Was Christian walking out in his new number? Yeah, I think for me, two come to mind. One was when we won the NFC Championship at home 2019 to go to the Super Bowl. And then this past year uh, in Mexico, getting the video of Fred running out with the flag. It just like gave me goosebumps and like people were going crazy. And I know it was just a regular season Monday night game, but it felt like a playoff game in Mexico. So I don't know, I was amped up and then... Uh, it's just you know one of our best, most viewed videos. So I was pretty excited for that. Yeah, I think mine. I can talk about like my most viral, which I remember really well. And I don't know if I discussed this in my episode of Inside the Oval, but it was when the pandemic had started and we had been tasked to do a mask PSA for the state of California. And so my. I guess my my most viral post was the be a saint, grab a face mask using the clip of George's conversion in New Orleans. Um, but I think the post that I'm most proud of would probably be uh, winning the NFC Championship at Levi's Stadium in 2019. I was in the press box for that game. And so hitting like the 49ers or NFC champions was incredibly cool because um, we hadn't been there in a while. Uh, we had gone through some tougher season since I'd gotten here so that was definitely something to be proud of for the entire team along those lines do you guys have favorite platforms and if they do do your favorite posts or your favorite like your better material tend to matriculate onto those specific platforms I mean personally I love Instagram the most I think I use it for you know news I use it for vacation planning it's some way taken over for Yelp for me. Like if we're going out to dinner, I'll look at their Instagram and, you know, 
for us on social, it's probably our most engaging channel too. So it's easy for me to like kind of gravitate towards it. Yeah, I would go IG too. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. You go ahead. Oh, I was like, I'm a TikTok girly. I, um, it's fun to have a little bit more fun on that platform. And I do look it up. Like if I want to look for food or something, I'll look up like San Francisco food. Yeah. IG for me. Um, the same as Johnny. Like I, I, it, it's like a, it's like a Yelp for me too. Like, uh, music from, uh, you know, up and coming like artists, or, you know, stuff that just really catches my attention. I'm always like, okay, let's see what the Instagram looks like. So, I'm also an Instagram girly. Sorry, Kiana, you're you're on your own here. You know how I feel about TikTok. No, I think Instagram with some of the new features that they have, like I definitely. I play into their like algorithm because I'm definitely looking at those suggested reels from people that I don't follow. I'm definitely like going down these rabbit holes, which I should be mad about, but honestly, like that's what it is. I think social can definitely serve as like a kind of escape. So <clears throat> definitely Instagram. And to Johnny's point, like it is our strongest following our most engaged audience. And so I think when you're, in it and and you're constantly consuming it personally you can kind of see how people gravitate towards different kinds of content so consuming it personally i think only helps you professionally when you're thinking about like team content and things like that what was all of your i was about to be like all of y'all's um okay don't know where that came with from the southern accent okay what was your first social media platform you ever had oh facebook 2000 what i was in middle school I had a profile picture of a Power Ranger because they're my favorite. I don't know if AOL AIM Messenger counts, but um, it's kind of social media. The Sharks posted, they have like a throwback tonight, night tonight, Y2K or something like that. And said, do you remember your AIM AOL name? I'm like, I remember mine. I remember in middle school, Blue Dolphin 72 broke up with me through AOL Instant Message. So I, I always remember that. I feel old. MySpace. <laughs> And I'm the youngest person here, I feel like. Who's in your top four on MySpace? It, it changes. changes it weekly, changes. Yeah. yeah, you had to fight for that spot. It wasn't, you know, given. You got to change the background, too. Yeah. You got to have that music. Listen, though. undercover coding, I forgot everything about it, but that was that was the first. To be fair, my parents didn't let me have a MySpace, but I really wanted one. Um, so I was never in anyone's top five or whatever because I didn't have a profile. Uh, mine might have been Tumblr, aside from Facebook. Like, Tumblr is no longer, I don't think, in existence. Um, but there, I would do the same thing. Like, like MySpace, I would change my, like, background to what whatever celebrity I was crushing on. I would, like, repost these, like, sappy, like, well, probably memes at the time before we knew what memes were. But I actually do remember my AIM name. And it what was, was? <laughs> yeah, I had two. My first of one, you did. my first one was Holla to the baller three. Okay. Okay. Cause I played a little hoops growing up. Yeah. I wonder if that IG handles available. <laughs> yeah. What's your, what's your jump shot look like Patty? That's so funny. David was asking me that the other day and I haven't shot a, a ball in a while. So I really couldn't tell you. And then my second one, because you know, I didn't want everything to be about basketball. Like I wasn't like a prod, like a prodigy or anything. Was hamburger patty 03. So my favorite number was three. Um, but those were my aim handles. Yeah. 
Have you had a hamburger recently? More recent than you shot a basketball? I have. I'm going to be very disappointed if you don't like put an Instagram post up of like hamburger patty and you eating a hamburger. That's feel like There are historically, mess. no, there are historically photos of me eating hamburgers. I will pull it up. Okay. It's like deep in the archives. Yeah. Deep when Instagram was like for photo editing and not for like yeah. social. What yeah. It is. I think that's so funny because. I still like people like remember me from high school. Like I was, I went to Silmarilla College, and people remember me just based on like my Power Rangers profile picture. Like I, and now like it's like cool to like like Power Rangers. But back then, I was brave enough, and my friends Dion Daniels and Reginald Hauser always supported my weirdness and my love for Power. Red, green, blue, black, white. Okay, so R.I.P. to Tommy. That was really that was actually really sad for me because I was so invested into him and his character. The first four, four to five Red Rangers, really, um, yeah. So on game days, we switch up our roles and the platforms that we own on that day. What's been your guys' craziest game day, and which has been your favorite channel to run or contribute to? Mexico. Mexico was the first time I was like in an outside press box so you could hear the people. And I was like, oh my God, this, I mean, it didn't help that half of our staff didn't have internet either. <laughs> so that was fun, but I had internet, so it worked and I was tweeting and it was fun and we like did Spanglish on it and it was really great, but it was really cool to actually be able to hear people cheering and like we have to be quiet in the press box normally on game day. So it was fun to not have to be so quiet. Uh, I think a two, the first game of the COVID season was just weird, right? And like a no fans, like that weird white noise. So it's just like, this isn't, it's kind of surreal. Um, so I'm so glad we're beyond that. Uh, more exciting was probably the Green Bay game last year, just because it was cold and the game didn't start with any like weather, snow. But then we go into, you know, like the working area to like stay warm and we head back out and it's just snow falling and it was just like, I don't know, bucket list. You work in Lambo playoff game in the snow. Um, yeah, and then obviously we all know how it ended, so it was pretty fun. Yeah, I think my favorite was when we uh, did, it was whatever game Matthew Lewis came to. I can't remember, but uh, for whatever reason, he just became one of my favorite people <laughs> just because he's a nice person, such a cool guy. Um, him and his wife were so cool, and I w- I really got a lot of great content out of that day too. And that was like one of the ones where I was rolling around with the um, the R6 on the RS2 and just kind of having fun and just kind of really seeing people that he had never been to a football game before. So seeing his eyes like light up, seeing people like genuinely engaged and you know enjoying themselves that. That, that hit me hard. I was like, okay. It was like, you know, sports, when people talk about how um, sports is such a um, such an important factor to, you know, how well we connect with one another, I just, I saw that. And it, it just, it was, it was a really important moment for me. Yeah, I think the craziest game days are ones where we literally have zero service on the field and we're like running to connect our ethernet or we're like, running into a tunnel to, like, upload something but get back quickly so we don't have to miss a play. I would almost argue that, like, no, like tough Wi-Fi service games are worse than, like, bad weather games. Maybe a hot take. 
I haven't had a rain game. I mean, I would say I would say tough Wi-Fi just because, like, I mean, if it's raining, you still get your stuff out. I mean, but games where I'm having to like run over to you, I'll be like, hey, I don't have any service, or you know, I I'm um, the Ethernet is not working like for a moment. It's just, I mean, it makes it really difficult for you to get content out on time. Yeah, so. and I think for us, we're all pretty passionate about our job, and you know, we want to get stuff posted, so you feel helpless when there's no service. You just feel miserable when it's raining. It's like, I can physically do my job, but I'm soaked. I can't type because the screen's all wet. It is nice when you're at least home for those games. You can just drive home. But then when you got to head back for a road trip, it's like, well, I'm just soggy and not fun. So, yeah, I'd take, I don't know, they're both bad. What about a bad <laughs> bad weather and no Wi-Fi? It's Murphy's login. You mentioned that you guys switch up like platforms for game day how do you pick who is on what platform for what game we have a lottery kind of like the nba drafts (laughs) and whoever did the worst the week before gets more more picks uh no i think we kind of just rotate we used to be superstitious about it um but now i think we kind of just give each other you know mix it up um hearing kiana didn't work a rain game makes me think maybe the first rain game (laughs) she could take the field um but yeah i think we kind of just talk about what do you want to do this this game yeah yeah to your point of superstition i think it was uh in 2019 i was always in the press box because we just kept winning whenever i was live tweeting and then you were always on the field and then you know meg at the time was always on facebook and then i know in 2021 uh we didn't start super hot that season and then i bought this pair of joggers and I wore them to the Cincinnati game. That was that crazy game where we went in overtime. BA had the like game-winning touchdown. And from that point on, I was like, I must be on the field because my joggers are lucky. And you know what they were? Because then we went on a we went on a run. Um, unfortunately, that luck ran out. But for that duration that we were winning, I definitely believed that my joggers brought this team luck. Do they have men's clothes? They absolutely have men's clothes. Okay, let me hop on my phone. Very comfy. Yeah, if you go to the Lululemon in Valley Fair, Austin Moss is on the wall. Shout out Austin. He was on the podcast as well. Two episodes ago. Wait, wait, Big Oz? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Nigel, Kiana, do you guys have game day superstitions or things that you wear every game day? Oh, I have to listen to Chief Keith before I come in. I have to. I I don't know why, but every game where like I'm super amped, or games where specifically I'm getting the content, like the ball, like the catches coming, red zone touchdowns coming to me, it's either I bumped an extra uh, an extreme amount of Chief Keith before I walked in here, or uh, yeah, there's no go. I'm just kind of like just. So 2023, you'll pull up the game day in Lululemon joggers <laughs> playing Chief Keith. Benito. Okay. Okay. Which Chief Keith song? Uh, Any? So my favorite is uh, Kool-Aid uh, with the K. And then my second one is Benito. Put those two in rotation and we bump it. Okay. Uh, and I'm lit. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had Target joggers. And um, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. No, we love Target. Great. <laughs> they are great. Um, I actually bought a second pair because the other one, like the string, something happened. But those and like a pair of dunks and that was... 
the first time I wore it together was CMC's uh, Triple Crown game. So, and then after that, I was like, obviously, we got to like keep one piece of this in rotation. I'm so jealous. I'm in the press box every game, and it would look very odd if I wore the same like suit for multiple games in a row. Like, if I just showed up and I was like in the same business suit every game. I don't think anyone would fault you for that. Like, I feel like all of us in our own way have like our superstitions like Johnny can't go to Pete's or like he has to eat a Matt cosmic brownie or whatever. <laughs> cosmic brownie. Cosmic brownie. <laughs> Them captions are wild today. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what Chief I mean. Keith really hitting hard. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say yeah, like yeah. Okay, it's funny cuz we know that we don't actually have an impact on the game. Right, but it's way more fun to win, obviously. Um, so we kind of do things like for me, yeah, it's like I always have to have the same snack or I have to have the same coffee for game day. But it is kind of fun. Like, you know, we, we grew up playing sports, so we had our own kind of superstitions as athletes. And then I'm sure the players all do have their stuff too. So it's just kind of with football, it's once a week. So it makes sense to kind of keep with that routine. Yeah. Actually, on that, Patty played basketball. We talked about that earlier. What sports did you guys play growing up? Basketball, football, tennis. Uh, oh, yeah, that was it. And I was a lifeguard. I guess that's a sport. So I don't want to follow that up. I cheered. <laughs> I did one, and that was it. Um, I was. I did a lot of education, <laughs> educational things. I was on, like, um, I can't honor society, and then the, like, I forgot what it's called now. It's been so long. When class, like, I wasn't class president, but I was on that board. I was the secretary. Like student government? Yeah, yeah. That's a sport. You, like, exercise your brain. Yeah. I was exercising my brain a lot. What's your, <laughs> what was your favorite cheer? Um, I wouldn't say there was a favorite. My school colors were, like, black and silver, and they had one that was super easy that was literally just black, silver, black, oh, silver. Okay. And, like, it was a repetitive thing, and that was super easy to remember. Yeah. Uh, baseball, soccer, football, but now I kind of like all the sports. Yeah. And I kind of keep tabs in like the Bay area teams too, even though I didn't like play basketball, definitely follow warriors and you know, we work with their social team. So it makes it fun. Um, I'd like to add that I picked up pickleball recently and it is a great sport. I highly recommend anyone who is interested to just give it a try. Pickleball. Yeah. Shout out Noah Hammerman, pickleball, baby. Also an episode of Inside the Oval. <laughs> yes, check out his episode. I don't think we discussed pickleball then because I personally didn't know just how great the sport was. And now that I'm in it, I'm really invested. So it's on my list. Eric got a set for Christmas and I keep telling him like, we got to go. Got to go. Got to do it. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. 
kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Okay. I want you guys to take me through your week in Mexico, namely Johnny and Kiana, because me and Nigel were freezing in Colorado Springs, but like, take me through what you did, what you saw, what was your favorite part, all that leading up to the game. We had a fun series where we took a mini helmet around Mexico. Um, Shout out Brian. Shout out Brian, affectionately named. Um, And I think that was really cool because we got to see Mexico City, really. Like, we took it to famous places around Mexico City, and we kind of just walked. Haley was there with me. That's why I keep saying we. Um, We kind of just walked, and it was... It was nice to be in a different place. I mean, I almost died because I was shockingly sick there too. Um, so we went the, to the hike up the castle. Yeah, and I it's got to the straight top. uphill, and like the elevation's different there. So I got to the top, and I like thought I was gonna die. But um, outside of that, I think that was one of the best days. And then we found like a little cafe that we like to eat in the morning and do work at. So that was nice. It was just a nice experience. I think we also did the prep camp stuff. Mexico was so fun because we worked so hard leading up to it, right? And we've got the news that we're going there. We're super stoked. Nigel made a cool hype video using footage from, like, our last trip to Mexico. And so to put all that work into it and then be there in person was kind of crazy. And the game itself was awesome. The city was amazing. Uh, Kiana alluded to it, but we're all kind of, like, battling some type of elevation sickness. So, like, fighting through that. Um, but it's just so cool to see how avid the fans are and how much they love 49ers. Um, we were not the home team, but I, you, we, 90% of the crowd seemed like Niner fans. So yeah, it was an awesome time. Um, got to use some of our Spanish and, and see some of our friends down in Mexico that we've been working with. So, um, yeah, just awesome experience. On the flip side of that, what was Colorado like? I kept seeing snow photos and I was like, thank God I'm not in Colorado. Um, thankfully the place we were staying was incredibly nice. So shout out to, uh, Spence and the whole logistics team for setting that up. Honestly, coming from California, never really been in the snow. The Green Bay game really prepared me where like I really invested into like cold weather gear because it was like negative one in Green Bay. So I already had the gear. So honestly, I I felt prepared for Colorado Springs because it was cold. Like, it was very cold. Also, I realized that snowflakes look like the emoji on our phones. 
I literally <laughs> thought it was a man-made, like, this is what a snowflake should look like. That is where my eyes were open to, like, the, the shape of snowflakes. They're so intricate and delicate and beautiful. Like, it was, it was, it was incredible. You, you know you're from Southern California <laughs> when. <laughs> but the thing is, I had other people tell me because I posted about it and they were like, I didn't know they look like that either. And granted, like the other people were not from areas that get a lot of snow. Yeah. So <clears throat> honestly, like you learn something new every day. And that was that was my learning experience was the shape of snowflakes. So like. Prior for me, I I got prepared because my mom and dad had came prior uh, a couple weeks before, and we went to the mall. We got a bunch of stuff. I got some thermals, uh, some long johns, just kind of – I knew I had to stay warm. When we got up to uh, Broadmoor, amazing landscape. It was beautiful. I walk out of my room, and it's like mountains. I love I love the way mountains look, but it just they look so much better with snow on them. And just the whole experience, like I went to the zoo, I got to feed a giraffe. That was probably like one of my favorites. Like I've never fed a giraffe before, but it kind of just like stuck his long neck like over his like bearing. And then I had some lettuce and I took this lettuce and I lifted my hand up and he looked at me and he took his tongue and he took this lettuce and then put it in his mouth. And he <laughs> ate the lettuce. And he ate the lettuce. <laughs> but it was just like he connected with me. Like seriously, like I've got the video on my phone. Like I can I can show it too. But yeah, seriously, this giraffe connected with me. But you know, other than that, like seeing like you know Patty being genuinely like you know excited and just seeing everybody kind of like just in their own way, just enjoying the experience. That was really cool. And it was cold as hell out on that field for practice. I had to go to tea uh, for. To borrow his electronic hand warmers because my hands just stopped like bending, like my finger just stopped bending at all. Uh, so then you all made it to Mexico with us. Mm -hmm. The game we've kind of alluded to was crazy. Technically, an away game didn't feel like it. We were battling Wi-Fi issues. The walk from the press box to the field was really long. We couldn't hear press box announcements. There was a like light show to thunderstruck what were your most memorable memories from that game day Ooh, running to go get the bump box out of the rain because it was just sitting out near the tunnel and i looked at curry and he was busy he was busy i was like oh my god this thing's getting like it was wet so i ran and almost slipped and bust my ass running into where the players were coming out. But, yeah, I had to save the bump box. I guess I didn't read the forecast too closely, and I could have used Patty's meteorologist uh, degree. <laughs> but it was nice all day, and then right at kickoff, it just started pouring. And Azteca is covered for the fans, but not for the field. So I was not prepared. But being a soccer stadium, they have those benches with the little roofs, and that's where the best service was. So I was like, this is so clutch and I was able to go in there but I was just sitting on a soccer bench watching a football game in the rain posting so it was just kind of like a you know fun little moment for me it wasn't capturing BA throw a football into Shibeta that's right that was a kind of wild game yeah so <laughs> shout out Nick Shibeta uh, Ayuk scores a touchdown and he goes to wind up and I like still recorded but definitely turned my body and I was just prepared for you know in case it hit one of us i hear a thud and i look over and i was just like in shock 
thankfully Shibeto was laughing. So I started laughing too. And then I was like, are you okay? He was, yeah. Like it only hit me in my thigh. It wasn't, you know, like a critical hit. Um, <laughs> and then seeing the guy's reaction to like BA came over, Christian was like, are you okay? And I just kept recording. And I was like, I don't know if I'll ever use this. End up kind of going viral for him. Uh, George came up and hugged him. So it's just kind of funny. It shows how nice the guys are too. But it's just like a random moment that our, our producer got hit after a touchdown. And they got to keep the ball. Brandon came and signed it for him and gave it to him the next day when we got back. So really cool moment. I would say they had like this party area for the fans before the game too, which we had to walk through to get to the press box and to the field. So I'm like walking through all these fans, which was really crazy. And then as I'm still walking, I see NFL commissioner I'm like, and I'm walking and I'm like, did I actually just see that? Yep. I sure did. Keep walking. And it was just like a hike back and forth. And it was really funny just to constantly see the people living their best life. And I'm like running around in this crowd trying to work. I really enjoyed witnessing like the Mexican national anthem being sung. Um, I thought that was just like a really powerful moment. And the artist was just incredibly talented. Like I got chills. Um, And that was like the first time I'd heard that anthem, I think live. And so that was really cool for me, I think, to see, like to hear the fans like singing it as well. And then, you know, like Alfredo had a moment where he was crying because I think there was just like so much pride in that. Um, That was, that really, I think, stuck with me. Like I I have nothing but great things to say about the Mexican national anthem. It is a bop. Haley, what was yours? Didn't you say that about the can- oh, Canadian I love, national team? Yes, I, I do love O Canada. So, like, anytime the <laughs> Sharks are playing a Canadian team, I am all about O Canada. Like, I know <clears throat> I know the national anthem, but I also think I could go word for word um, on on the Canadian anthem. That, that is just a North American <laughs> national anthem. <laughs> I love aficionado. North American Her anthem. Her top played song on Spotify was uh, <laughs> the national anthem. <laughs> No, but yeah, those are like really cool, I think, to just like witness um, in person. And also, we had apparently, we didn't know where we were sitting in the press box. And so when I got to the stadium, I set up my stuff and I went down to the field to capture some pregame stuff. And then at some point I came back up and my stuff wasn't where I left it and I couldn't find anyone from our team. And I was really freaking out because again, we like, the service was pretty poor. And so I'm like staring, I'm like analyzing the entire outdoor press box, which like had fan sections behind it. So like, I didn't know where it started or like where it ended. And I was incredibly confused. Uh, turns out um, our coworkers had moved all of our things to where we were supposed to be sitting in the outdoor press box. And I, I had found them eventually, but I was incredibly freaked out for a moment that I couldn't find anyone that I knew Maybe they had left. I had I felt abandoned. I don't know. It was incredibly strange because no one told me that we were like moving seats in the press box. We and all- my only reference was like that photo you had sent to me when you first got there. So the original spot. And I was like, okay, this section, my stuff was nowhere to be found. We moved your stuff and forgot your like Wi-Fi hookup too. You or did like your cable hookup. So then you didn't have internet for a which actually bit ended up being incredibly huge that we had those ethernet connections because mm-hmm. luckily we had brought like our laptop ethernets, but like, I know some, like some of your team Haley had, had forgotten them. And so I know Lindsay was sitting next to me and she 
connected her phone to my phone Ethernet and was looking up stats from her iPhone. <laughs> yeah, she wrote the entire post-game article on her phone and then sent it to, I think, either me or Bree when they were on the pl- when you guys were all on the plane to post. So that entire like article was written on her phone during the game, but she didn't have Wi-Fi. Mm. Yeah, that was crazy. It's crappy. Gotta make it work, right? Show must go on. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Mexico, but kind of changing topics, a huge congratulations is in order because you are all nominated for the Sports Business Journal 2023 Award Best in Social Sports Social Media for your work marketing in Mexico this year. What were some of the challenges of moving into a new market? And then also, like, what were some of the most rewarding things from this year in kind of tackling a whole new set of responsibilities? Yeah, I mean, I'll touch on it briefly. I think we want to speak the language of the fans. So adding Kiana to the team, who is bilingual, is is massive. Uh, I don't think you can just pretend to know the culture without having people, you know, who, like, live in it right so i think that was huge and like adding um you know people off from the video side and, and having like a specific looks look and feel with graphics too um working with the team in mexico our agency down there um working with l snap uh, nfl which is a great account and the nfl mexico social team and just kind of speak the language and you know get into the mexican culture and not just assume that we know what they want or that what they want to be seeing from us so I think really talking to people on the ground was like massive for, you know, our success. And when we did Casa de los 49ers, it was really cool because like you just saw all the fans and they loved everything that was there because there was like stickers, you could buy shirts and stuff, you could buy gear. And then they had the posters, like everything. It was done really nice and just like the setup in the back, it just had a completely different feel to it. But one of the things I said interviewing this entire time was like one of the things I liked about the 49ers is that they were really branded well and everything looked consistent. And then going into Mexico, it was still consistent, but it had a different feel to it. I really enjoyed looking at the old footage from when they played. And I kind of was able to really gather a good sense of how I could approach the content in a way that would be um, receptive to, you know, put together a decent highlight on some social content. So that was that was pretty cool seeing the old footage and seeing the fans like really engaged and like <laughs> going crazy and like old school Saldo Sam stuff. Yeah. I think the 49ers did a really good job of like putting investment into wanting to make a big statement while we were there. Um and yeah, like Johnny said, I think adding Kiana, uh, who could who can speak the language and, and tell us kind of like the nuances of of different different things um, is really helpful because I think ultimately we want to be as authentic as we can, and like we can't necessarily do that from where we are currently, like in the Bay. Um, so really leaning on our resources in Mexico and and um, you know our our people in the community here in the Bay as well um, was super really helpful and I think you know we we're constantly learning from our fans and that fan base um it's super passionate and you know we definitely see that and we we knew that going into it and so I think the challenge for us is just like how do we keep you know feeding this passion with with authentic and genuine content that they can engage with and um really resonate with 
So my question for all of you, us, what is next for 49er Social? How do we level up from here? What can Faithful look forward to from us this season? Tumblr. Um, <laughs> We're bringing it back. <laughs> yeah, MySpace is huge. Yeah. Um, no, I think, you know, I definitely want to hear from you guys too, but just making uh, the fans feel connected to the team. We have a really good team. It's just crazy. We were looking at, we had an all hands yesterday and John Lynch spoke to us and kind of shared like, roster updates and depth chart stuff and it's just crazy like oh christian mccaffrey just casually in the backfield we have george kittle you have fred warner um you know Talanoa was an all pro last year as a was a fifth round pick so the team's really good i think it's will be tasked with capturing the excitement and demand and keeping people engaged on social um i'm curious where the platforms go like what's the future for twitter tiktok Instagram, they seem like they change daily. So that's kind of a challenge for us is staying on top of those trends, um, you know, using new music and things like that and videos will be big for us. Yeah. Um, like I said, going all out from a video standpoint, uh, like creating cool, more cool reels, uh, integrating more photos into reels as well. Uh, and really up in the game as far as from a, an editing standpoint too, like really adding more. Uh, with dynamic approach to the edits uh, to make them, you know, stand out more and really get the fans engaged with the content. Because when I'm editing, I'm genuinely, like, super excited. Like, I, I have this, like, burning desire to do, you know, put my heart and do my best with every edit. And so when I see that, you know, the content is being, uh, being liked, it, it kind of it, it fuels me up to go even harder. So really appreciate the faithful and... Again, as a as a TikTok really, um, definitely want to bring new content there because I feel like that platform we can have more fun with. And I think, you know, we always get the like sit down interviews with the guys and just like get to see that side of them. But a lot of them have great personalities. And I feel like just showcasing that more and like just showing like we do have fun here. It is a great place to work out. Like we have a lot of fun and I just want to like show that more to people. Yeah, I think there's been a trend in like highlighting creators, which I absolutely love. Just I think as all of us being creators, like I don't know why anyone should care or know like that I'm the social media manager for the 40. You know, like there are fans who are like who know who we are, which is like kind of silly. But also at the same time, I think shows just how passionate they are about this team. And so I think in a like in wanting to showcase um our players, like a lot of the guys that you named Johnny and even some of the guys who like people don't know, I think is, is super important. In addition to kind of like showing off our work and like, you know, putting, putting a, a face to the caption or whatever. Um, I think there is this kind of shift. And so I think it's really cool that people can see, and especially through this podcast, even just like what people do on the day to day and like how they, contribute regularly to what people are seeing and consuming, I think is really cool. Um, you know, I think we're definitely growing in, in, in some of these emerging social platforms. So as much as I am indifferent about TikTok, I definitely see the value in it and obviously want to prioritize that and, you know, get inspired from things like from other teams or other creators and things like that. And then I think, you know, just trying to, stay afloat when it comes to other platforms and their changes and, and the nuances of each one um, is, is really important. So I think just like staying on our toes, 
you know, being being flexible like a like a DB, like those like little drills that they do with their like hips, just gotta like yeah shift. Why isn't this on? <laughs> get vertical. We should have a social media combine. I keep saying this every year. Like I want to see so Patty run with the phone. You know who can find this emoji the fastest? Just we can hit some drills this year. Yeah. Maybe training camp. That that would be pretty fun too. Yeah, we're also open to suggestions. So like. Listeners of the podcast, if you have suggestions, like I'm all ears. Let us know what you want us to do. Let us know. <laughs> Hit her up at Hooper Baller. Stop. <laughs> does, does, Patty three. Does AIM even exist still? Does AOL even exist? I think AOL Respectfully. <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of yeah. fallen networks. <laughs> Pour it out for the American online whatever. That's what that stands for. I don't, I don't know what it stands for. I'm going to look it up now. Okay, on September 1st, 2021, AOL became part of the new Yahoo. Yeah. Incorporated. They're a partner. company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is America Online. Let's go. Wow. <laughs> and Back in my day, when I hopped on <laughs> America's Online. How, how do y'all think you would go, like, if we had dial-up internet, how do you think, like, that would look from from a social standpoint? Like, if we were still, like... Going into an AOL chat dial-up, like, I can remember getting home from school, like, having my dad plug the phone line into, you know, something, and then, like, topping in on chat and having a little... You'd be like, Mom, get off the phone. I'm trying to get on AIM. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we kind of feel it on game days. I was going to say. Like, you know, like, like, in Philadelphia, works, yeah. we were kind of waiting. For, we only had one Ethernet in that end zone, so we were just, you know... Uh, waiting for each other to post stuff. So in yeah. some ways, it is like a trip back in time. Yeah, you kind of have to like pick and choose like what is the most important, like what do we need to get out right this second? You, you only have two seconds on this Ethernet. What is the one thing you're going to get out? So I, I have a question for you all too. And this is something uh, that I thought about yesterday was in 2011 when social was like really ramping up, like you really saw like a decent change um, into how people were consuming social. Uh, did you ever think that you would be in the position where you would be, you know, director, you would be coordinator, you know what I mean? Did you ever think that there would be, like, jobs in the social media space where your your job is to create content for people to consume from a social standpoint? I mean, no, it's crazy. I just spoke at Career Day at my wife's school, and they're middle school kids. They're, what, 12? And I realized I've been working in social media as long as they've been alive. <laughs> like, wow. Back in my day, American Online. But... <laughs> No, I think it's it's crazy because TikTok in a way kind of feels like the old school social media where you just post things and maybe it'd go viral or it gets hundreds of thousands of views. And that's kind of what social was back on. It's like, I don't know, let's post a picture of my hamburger on Instagram. And you just didn't really <laughs> think about it. And now things are more polished. But in some regards, people aren't expecting things to be like perfect, right? Because mm-hmm. you look at most people on TikTok, they post from their phone, um, you know, so it's... I think that's a challenge for us is making things look really cool, like a hype video. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can have dancing cat memes. So it's it's a good mix. I didn't think that. I mean, like I knew I enjoyed it. I knew I wanted to do it at a certain point. Actually, when I was in college, I was like doing marketing major. I was like, I feel like I want to do this. And then someone like talked to me and kind of convinced me to not. And I switched and that took me longer so always uh, trust your instincts on what you want to do because now I knew that this was what I wanted to do. And I wasted a little bit of time, but that's all good. That's the life journey. Yeah. Yeah. Patty, for you, how did you know 
because working for Sacramento River Cats, like how did you know you wanted to do social as like a, a career? That's so funny because I was just reflecting on this yesterday because I was talking with Amber, who also worked for the River Cats. Um, and I was actually thinking about my interview process with the River Cats, and they gave me a project, like an assessment similar to what I did to you, but like on a way lower scale because this was like 2016. And it was during that project that I actually did in Las Vegas because I was on vacation with my family. And so I took the interview from like the hotel room. I did the project from there. It was when I was doing that project that I was like, I could be a good marketer. The project was like, our theme is Sacktown Grown because, you know, we have a lot of farms. And so I went through the roster and I looked at who was from the Bay Area. And I was like, this campaign, we're going to highlight all the people who were Sacktown Grown. And again, it was just like a hypothetical uh, assignment, but I was like, you know what? I might have a knack for this kind of thing. Um, I think in high school, I wanted to be like a, an advertiser anyways. Like, I don't know. I'm fairly quick-witted uh, when I'm not under pressure. So I think given the time, I was like, okay, I think I could, I can do this. Um, but I think that was the spark. But again, social media was so different and that was what? seven years ago that now, like I tell everyone, everything that I've learned has been through experience, not even from like a textbook or anything like that. So that's, that project is kind of when I knew. And then also when I got here and actually had a hand in posting things that people were like enjoying, I was like, okay. W admin. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. W admin. Great posts. Johnny, Nigel, Kiana, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone listening, stay tuned for part two where the social media team hands out awards. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.